Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, what's up? It's Brandy Rose here. Popping in before you enjoy the show to tell you that after I recorded and produced most of the show, I made a Patreon. So if you go to Patreon.com slash Bucket Productions, that's B-U-C-K-I-T Productions, We have a bunch of tiers with a bunch of rewards uh, where you can bundle the shows you want to support or support all of them or support everything that I do. You range from, you know, a $3 tier to a $50 tier. So there's something for everyone. Make sure you go check it out. All right, I'll stop bothering you. You can keep listening to the show now. Go. Listen to the show. This podcast may contain adult language or adult themes. Listener discretion or headphones are advised. Welcome to Eat Crit, a TTRPG podcast focused on celebrating diversity and accessibility in TTRPG spaces. Anyone can play, and if you disagree, you can eat crit. I'm your host, Brandy Rose, and this week we are joined by the incredible GM Connie. Hi, Connie, and welcome to the show. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me, Brandy. Of course, and I am super excited because mostly I got to know you on Twitter through one of your shows, Transplaner RPG, which we are going to go talk about in depth today for sure. And um, But before that, I want everybody to get to know you a little bit better. So we'll dive in where we start with everyone. And this is also my favorite part. I know it's like the very beginning was my favorite part of the show. How and when did you get into TTRPG spaces at all? Yeah, that is a great question. So I would say I got into TTRPGs just straight up through Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition, probably in the winter of 2016. Started as a forever GM, now we're here, still as a forever (laughs) GM, but I still, I do enjoy playing when I get the chance to. Um, I, you know, my first ever experience was DMing for like my high school friends, like Mm we just graduated. So I was like, hey, let's stay in touch by like playing this game when we're all back in Boston together, because that's where I'm from. And I started with this like home campaign and straight off the bat, I was like, I'm going to homebrew everything. Like you thought this was a regular fantasy campaign. You're wrong. This is set in a post-apocalyptic world full of monsters. There's like a horrific, sickening fog that swept over the surface world. You all live in a mountain but the fog is rising you have to go into the fog in this magical ship and figure out what's going wrong with the world um they were like we just were here for the corny bar jokes my friend oh my god i mean Um, definitely meant to be a gm your first big campaign is like (laughs) i have created a world and you are now in it deal yep Yep. Uh, learned a lot from that experience. I just feel like every, like, I feel like Thanos collecting, like, the like the infinity <laughs> stones of, like, GM tips. Every time I, like, play a different campaign, I'm like, um, now I've learned player buy-in. Yes. And I'm like, oh, now I've learned improv, you know, et cetera. So uh, that. that was my first ever TTRPG experience, and it's just sort of grown from there. Jesus, I mean, but what a, like, way to jump into the world. I love that so fucking much. I prefer homebrew to pretty Mm. much everything else 
Um, I had a guest on the show, Kira, uh, Kira858, and I love him very much. And he once was in a homebrew campaign that was set in the Nintendoverse. And, it, like, Ooh. all of the characters in the dungeons were from absolutely, like, completely across the board Nintendo characters and, like, sets. And I was like, oh, my God. I would have absolutely never come up with that on my own. That is fucking fantastic. And now all I want to do is track down that DM that he had and be like, hi, I'm sorry. Can you do the whole thing one more time for me? <laughs> just Please. for me. Special just, for just me. Just for me. Uh, one shot with for one Brandy. player. Absolutely. Um, I would consider that a great treat. I would, I would fucking love that. So what was the first, so that was your first like campaign experience. What was your first player that you made? Like your first character to play? Ah, yes. My first character ever. Jansli Tahid, Araganasi Bard. Uh, She was horrible and I loved her. Uh, (laughs) I played in my friend's campaign in college. Mm -hmm. uh, And I have a lot of love for that campaign, even though we only played for like four sessions. Classic, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but I made this, like, Aragonasi bard, and it was my first time playing ever, and it was interesting because my friend who was GMing, we're on the, we were on the same improv troupe, nice. uh, and the other players were also, like, theater kids, so I was like, mm-hmm. hey, were we all, we all like the role play. Well, it could go wrong. In fact, a lot of things went wrong. Oh, uh, I <laughs> am quite... You know what? I'm not ashamed to admit that I was kind of a murder hobo. It's sort of like the... I'm still... You know, I'm just coming to realize that as a player, I'm very much an instigator. I'm definitely better than I was when I, like, first set out. I was, like, kind of, like, not going with what the rest of the party wanted Mm -hmm. to do, which I've learned a lot from. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of how I prefer to play, I'm always, like... What if we did this? What if I pulled that lever? Like, what yes. if we, like, you know, like, went over there and looked at that? What if we, like, talked to the cow? I'm mm-hmm. going to cast Speak with Animals and talk to this cow right here instead of, like, you know, like, doing, like, mm-hmm. the clear set path that the GM has laid out. Uh, even though <laughs> I sympathize with the GM's pain a lot because right. I'm on the other side of the Dungeon Master's screen, like, all the time. So I feel like when I'm a player, I feel like I want to run amok. And, like, just touch all the things and do all the things and talk to all the NPCs. I get that. The DM that I've worked with the most, uh, she genuinely started to booby trap everything that was vaguely anthropomorphic around me because my character and me would just be like, I'm going to touch its butt, see what happens. And then she just made them all fucking mimics. And I was like, oh, you fucking dickhead. Oh, that's one way to go about it. That is one I way to I swear, half of them were not mimics before I did that. And she just went... Now fuck this. Not again, bitch. No, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. We are not encouraging the DM this gets behavior. tired of your shit. I love that your first character was a bard. I also mm-hmm. I mean that just seems very on brand already and I like that a lot. I've never been able to play a bard, but I wish mm-hmm. I could because they are so much fun. But I, I I'm I can barely think quickly enough in character sometimes for a rogue. That, like, uh, one of my friends decided to play a bard for the first time, and she was like, well, my talent will be stand-up comedy. Except the thing is that my friend, and I love her, is not funny. So (laughs) so then when she was like, I had to come up with a joke in character, she just went, knock, knock. And immediately DM was like, "Mm, no, roll for me. (laughs) 
you actually touch upon a really interesting dilemma that happens a lot, which mm -hmm. is like, what if I want to play a high charisma character, but I as a player am not very charismatic. Mm -hmm. um, so like my approach to that sort of situation as a mm -hmm. GM is to always just allow the player to play that fantasy out. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to be like, oh, you think you're a stand-up comic? Well, tell me a funny joke, mm -hmm. funny man. Do it. Do it now. <laughs> and and if totally... I'm like, that wasn't funny enough, you fail no matter what. Like, I, I wouldn't do that to you. Thank you know, like you it's God. a fantasy. Like, if you're playing a barbarian, I'm not going to be like, arm wrestle me now. Like, <laughs> you know arm what, wrestle though, me to that, <laughs> that specific scenario, I'd be okay with that happening. Just to start, fi like, fighting the DM sounds like a great Honestly, escalation. Fair. That's a great escalation. Fair. I really appreciate yeah. that because a lot of times I, I, I really, if I did the stand-up thing, I think then I could handle being a bard because at least I do that in real life. But with uh, a lot of situations where it's like, come on, lie convincingly. And I'm like, I can't fucking lie. Like, me personally, I'm like, I am a shit liar. I can act. But I can't fucking lie. And so then I'll be, like, stuttering out a lie. And most of the times the dams will be like, no. <laughs> Is that in character? And I'll be like, yes. No. <laughs> that's, that's really interesting because usually how, you know, especially because I never want to be mm -hmm. the DM that like puts down my players. Right. You know, even yeah, unless I really know them and like that's just sort of right. how our friendship works. Mm -hmm. uh, because I, I find myself in the position of DMing new players a lot, oh. especially through, I'm also a uh, GM for Magpie Games Curated Play Program where I basically cool. play with strangers several times a month. I'm currently... Uh, as of the recording of this podcast, mm -hmm. uh, stepping away from the CPP to focus on my own projects. But something I've learned from that is just, just sort of like if a player is clearly uncomfortable with like mm -hmm. role playing out a specific lie or like a specific joke or a specific speech, I'll just ask them to describe to me the contours of the speech. Like you don't have to play mm -hmm. it out. Just tell me what your character says. Right. Mm -hmm. And then like we'll roll for it. Right. And you have a high charisma mm -hmm. stat or whatever the equivalent is. Right. right. The particular system we're using. Um, and we'll let that resolve itself in the narrative, right? In a way that doesn't make you feel like, you know, like a dunce. Right. Because uh, I'm never out yes. here trying to make my players feel like dunces. I love that. And I think a lot of listeners are going to be super relieved to hear that as well because I feel like the majority of the, like, DMs, and I love them, and I love them all, and they're doing fantastic, but I think that might genuinely just not occur to them as a solution because I think a lot of people's like instinct is like I want us to be comfortable role playing but like in the we're mm -hmm. all still people and also a lot of people in the TTRPG space are not actors and they're this mm -hmm. is just like a, a game that they like to play but I think because especially because a lot of us are actors I think when you get like a mixed troupe like that the DMs might be more used to people role playing everything out and trying to encourage them to do that rather than think about alternative ways to solve that so I hope all of my friends listen to this and are like ah that's an alternative let's not make Brandy lie her ass off that sounds like mm -hmm. fun that's good I'm also going to suggest that to them next time be like can I describe this please instead because I'm going to stutter my way through this recording right now <laughs> you make me lie <laughs> off the cuff like right now <laughs> Tell, tell me a lie about yourself right now, Brandy. Yes. Oh, right my now. God. Uh, I can... Oh, nope. That's true. Um, sometimes I try to think of bananas things, and then I'm like, oh, no, those are true because I'm fucking stupid. <laughs> um, I have never broken a bone. There. That's a straight-up lie, and you mm. know it's a lie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know it's a lie. I was going to say I've never broken a bone doing something childish and stupid, but that is definitely not true. 
That is yeah, definitely I can not see that. true. <laughs> yeah, for sure. With all the love in my heart. Thank you. That. That's fair. I think <laughs> on the if anybody's listening to this that's a fan of my other shows, they'll remember the week where there was no episode for uh, Cam Girl Interrupted. And then I came back and was like, so I broke my rib because I thought at my big age that I could still slide down a banister like I did when I was Oof. seven. I don't. I didn't even break it on the banister. I broke it getting to the banister. No. And it's like swinging around it to like get, go up the stairs. And instead, I swung straight into the banister, <laughs> like an idiot. So yeah, that's a that's that was. I think that was almost a convincing lie there for a second. If you hadn't been able to hear me laughing, people might have thought so that close. I've never, I've never broken a bone. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I love that character. Is that your favorite character also that you've ever played? Or do you have a different character that's like your ultimate favorite character you've played? That's such a hard question because the approach I take to playing characters isn't like, Mm -hmm. so what, what you said earlier, I think really touches upon it. People play TTRPGs for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, and the energy I bring to my tables is definitely from the perspective of a performer and an actor. So I don't really get emotionally attached to my characters in the same way that other players might. Like, I know some players have, like, their comfort character, right? Mm-hmm. And they, like, see a lot of themselves in that character. And they're like, if anything happens to this character, I'll be so devastated. Like, I, mm-hmm. you know, this character matters a lot to me. They're my favorite character ever. Like, mm-hmm. I write fanfic about my character. You know, mm-hmm. like, I, like, draw art of them all the time. I get art commission, which I think is a great way to approach the game. Um, but I'm very much like, okay, my character can, you can, you can GM, you can put as many knives as you want in my character's back. Like, I invite you. Like, here mm-hmm. are their flaws. Please use them against yes. them, right? So in terms of my favorite character, I don't have one because I think I like mm-hmm. them all equally uh, just as, like, complex, interesting mm-hmm. characters. Um, but the character I've played most recently that mm-hmm. I'm interested in exploring would probably be... I actually don't know if I... Well, actually, if this, if this is coming out in, like, a month, I think I can talk about it. Yeah, this uh, comes is, out in October. Okay, great. Then perfect. The, the other thing will have been out by now uh, mm-hmm. is my time wizard Hushir, who I am playing Ooh. in Three Black Halflings' uh, second uh, campaign on their on their mm-hmm. podcast. Nice. Uh, Obelisks and Outlaws. Give it a listen if you haven't already. But Hushir is basically uh, they are a far traveler and they are a Goliath wizard. Uh, mm-hmm. But unlike most Goliath, they actually have long, beautiful hair. Like think like mm-hmm. Wuxia, like films with like the mm-hmm. you know, like the hat with the veil. These like like Chinese like robes you know that they wear mm-hmm. like a, a, a way mao for the hat um uh, but they're but they're a time wizard and their whole thing is they're on a quest a desperate quest for knowledge about chronology so they can reverse the effects of this cataclysm that's basically laid waste uh to this area uh mm-hmm. in the obelisks and outlaws world so i am i think Hoosier is is the character that's on my mind right now because i'm just actively playing them right now um mm-hmm. and they're also my favorite uh they're the l- character that I've played in the longest running campaign as a player in a while. Mm-hmm. So I've just gotten to know them pretty well, which is also exciting. Because usually I, I, when I'm a player, it's only like for like streamed one shots or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, so I sort of have to just go in, have a character and, and just leave. I love that. I also, I really love the concept of approaching characters, not just like from your heart, but also from like a an actor standpoint where you're just like, let's see what experience I can have with this character here. And I mean, to be fair, picking a favorite for a lot of people is hard because it's kind of like, like for even for the emotional, it's like picking a, a kid. Um, yeah. For me, it's easy because I, I, I'd probably be able to pick a favorite kid, but eh. um, but I I love that because sometimes you play characters and you're just like, in real life, this character, trash, a garbage person, a goblin, a gremlin, I hate them. 
but to play them, I'm in love with them and I wanna never stop playing this experience, which is just great. And I love the concept of that um, last character of that. What is it, Time Wizard? Time Wizard, yeah, Time Chronergy wizard. Uh, Jesus. Uh, school, school of like Chronergy, I think. Well, I'm definitely gonna give that a listen when it's out as well. I'm also really hoping uh, to have Three Back Halflings on the show as well. Um, I'm just gonna keep putting my feelers out in the TTRPG space and be like, hi, hello, would you like to be on my show? Hi, hello, would you like to be on my show? Hi, hello, could you please be on my show? Um, which, uh, this is honestly, Eat Crit has, has the most uh, guests uh, of any podcast I've ever done, and I'm loving every single second of it. Um, I really, I just, I think the next character I play now is going to be based off of just as an actor standpoint experience alone, because mm-hmm. that sounds... To approach it like that from the get-go sounds really great. Sometimes that just kind of ends up happening with a character where I'm just like, I think For I sure. love you, but then I'm like, actually, we could kill you. It's fine. I have more characters. Definitely. We could kill you. It's okay. I, I'd say, like, my additional thought about that is to mm-hmm. find the right table mm-hmm. um, and the right audience, especially if it's podcast, if it's an actual play specifically. Right. I'm thinking in particular about how Amy Carrero's character Opal was mm-hmm. received by audiences of Critical Role in the latest, like, Exandria Unlimited miniseries. Mm-hmm. And I loved how Amy Carrero played her character. Like, mm-hmm. I was super into it. Like, not optimized, you know, like, would do stuff in combat that wasn't, like, quote-unquote, the best thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. But that, you know, that frustrated a lot of you know the audience they're mm-hmm. like what do you think you're doing you're right. playing your own character all wrong but i was oh like no she's just making interesting choices honey yes. like, she's just approaching this game as an actor right professional yeah. voice actor at a table with other professional voice actors mm-hmm. of course they're going to bring that understanding of their craft first mm-hmm. and foremost right? right so like what she amy carrero even made like a, a twitter thread about it talking about how like her approach to acting and to you know to this mm-hmm. ttrpg space was like acting first so like mm-hmm conflict you know growth through exactly specifically and i'm like that's interesting to me that's why mm-hmm. i watch and listen to actual plays i don't really care about the rules so much i care right. about the story right. right the mechanics are secondary the mechanics are the vehicle through which the story is being told and it's a game right which right. makes it different from an audio drama but at the end of the day i'm there for the characters i'm there for their character arcs and i'm there for like the story and like mm-hmm. cool cinematic like set piece battles right as opposed to like all right, uh, roll to attack. Oh, that's a miss. Sorry, you don't do anything. Oh, right. and I rolled a crit on my, like, petrifying right. gaze. You're petrified until the end of, like, my next turn. You yeah. know, like, and that's just that's yeah. just not very interesting. That's, like, that's like, going to start sounding like chess, which is cool and I yes. love, but I wouldn't listen to a chess podcast. <laughs> it would just be very quiet, the occasional heavy breathing. But um, I actually really appreciate hearing that because that is how I'm playing my the character on the show that I'm on most recently. I mean, as of this airing, I'll have been on other shows, but the show that is currently the one that I'm on right now, Mekong Delta Blues, I am consciously with my character making very poor life choices in a way that I know for a fact is frustrating people that are watching because just from mm. like a story. Because like the choices she's making are horrible for you know many reasons but also just like they drive even the other cast members will be like like they love it but they're laughing and they're like why like i i gave her a shitty relationship where i'm just like this but this is also a driving plot point in between because this dude is like an antagonist and he he adds drama to like their lives and gets in the way of them solving cases and just pops up and causes little chaos and fucks off again. And they were just like, why? Why is she with him? And I'm like, because she's not a perfect person and she's making a mistake. But now we get to play out the mistake and explore. 
what this mistake means for everybody else in the campaign. And all the other actors are on board, they love it, but like I know watching it, a lot of people are gonna be like, why? Why are you making this choice? I'm like, because drama. Because it's fiction and totally. I want to explore this. And in real life, I would never make these choices now, but like. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free and Anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Mm-hmm. Definitely have. And I've seen a lot of um, stuff on Twitter and just like in mm-hmm. my own experiences about how there are various different approaches to gaming, right? Mm-hmm. And like there's this frame set of like, I play to win. Right mm-hmm. for some TTRPG players, but there's also a different frame set, like mm-hmm. from other players, which is I, I play to lose, mm-hmm. and that's the that's the like that's the perspective I'm interested in, right? Mm-hmm. When I GM, I don't think either you know one is better than the right. other, but I gravitate more toward this like idea of like I'm mm-hmm. playing to lose here, and I think that honestly also captures a lot of the differences between what we call like quote unquote trad gamers right. versus like story quote unquote story gamers, right? right? Uh, the differences between a system like Pathfinder or -hmm. like RuneQuest or Dungeons and Dragons versus like a Powered by the Apocalypse game, right? Mm -hmm. Or like a GM-less game or -hmm. something like that. Absolutely. I love that. I mean, I love exploring all of the the different ways that people explore this media. And that's my favorite thing about TTRPGs specifically is the freedom it allows. And then especially with the like flexibility that these gaming systems allow, I feel like it would be a wasted opportunity if you just stuck with we're going to solve these 10 dungeons in order, like very specifically, very clinically. And then the story is over and we beat the jam. And I'm like, that's boring. Yeah, that's a, that just highlights another thing, mm-hmm. another conflict, I suppose, that I just see a lot at tables, which is this idea that the relationship between the GM and the players mm. is necessarily antagonistic, mm-hmm. which I just think breeds a, if not a toxic table, then at least a table where you feel like you're you're fighting against your friend, right? right? And that there is a win condition and a lose condition. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, it's just not the kind of table I'm interested in. That's just not the kind of yeah. table culture I'm personally interested in fostering. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not the attitude or the energy I bring to Transplanar RPG or any of the projects, actual play mm-hmm. stuff that I do. Which is also a great segue because I was going to ask you next, how did you get into streaming TTRPGs? Because it's a bit, I mean, not everybody that plays, of course, streams. So how did you get into streaming and creating these shows? And then specifically, how did Transplaner come about into existence? Totally. Well, how I got into it is really just about a matter of desire mm-hmm. uh, and want. I was just... We recently celebrated our one-year stream anniversary. We started streaming, like, the end of Pride Month in 2020. Mm-hmm. So we, like, this past Pride Month, we celebrated our one year. Uh, nice. So, you know, but before Pride Month 2020, I spent, like, 
four to six months before mm-hmm. then. So this was some of this stuff was like pre-pandemic. That's wow. how that's how old this is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, my desire is uh, recruiting folks to join the Transplanter RPG stream team. Basically, uh, these folks ended up being uh, my current cast members: Lyra, Erica, Max, and of course C. Mm-hmm. Um, all of them are trans, and that was sort of like a really important thing. To me from the very mm-hmm. beginning i wanted to make an actual play show it originally started as a podcast and we actually even recorded a couple of episodes of that podcast but we Ooh. decided to stream instead of podcast because i was like i'm the one editing this and i hate it so yeah. props to you brandy because it oh. sucks <laughs> it sucks butts it absolutely sucks butts i'm bringing on a tech producer for this season uh of all of my Thank shows god and uh, she's fully saving my life. Like every day, I yep. text her and I'm like, "Can you please help me?" Yep, mm-hmm. yep. So that's honestly the reason why it's a stream instead of a podcast. <laughs> but ironically enough, now that we've been doing this for over a year, my partner and I see who's also mm-hmm. one of the players. Uh, we sort of switch off week to week because we're we're uploading our backlog of streams as podcasts and mm-hmm. we edit it right. Right. Like we, we're, we have an audio leveler. Like God, God bless their soul. <laughs> like yeah. they like treat our audio because it, it sounds so bad. Like mm-hmm. our, all of arc one sounds terrible. Like I didn't get this mic until like arc two halfway through. Mm-hmm. Like one of our players was using like you know the apple mic like it was, yeah. it was not a good time right like, honestly a tip for an aspiring actual play person just if you have money please invest it in some audio gear like yes. so, like number one thing you should do like before you mm-hmm. even like set up a twitch page like get yourself a nice mic like it yep. really it really makes a huge difference but anyway mm-hmm. um I got my cast together. I did a round of what I call like soft auditions. This was pre-pandemic mm-hmm. by putting out like uh, a call on my uh, my local queer exchange. Be like, hey, who wants to join me? I will DM a series of D&D one shots. Mm-hmm. So it's low commitment, right? Just have to be able to right. show up and just have to be queer. That's the only prerequisite, right? Yep. So I played like three, I DM'd like three one shots for like a total of maybe 10 to 15 players. And of these players, I found Lyra and Max, whose styles I really liked, mm-hmm. uh, whose you know, approaches to character I really enjoyed. Uh, I invited them to Transplanter RPG as a podcast. Uh, and I also, obviously I, I had to have my partner on because they're just an right. amazing actor. And I was like, I know you, you're, you're going to be involved in this project. And Erica, I got her also through my partner. Um, at the time, Erica and C were on the same queer theater troupe uh, nice. based out here in Minneapolis together. Uh, Erica has since parted mm-hmm. from the theater troupe, but that's how I mm-hmm. knew her. And like, she had an interest in TTRPGs. I'd played, I DM'd in a home game for her, you know, before. Mm-hmm. So I like knew her as a, as a player and mm-hmm. I really liked the energy she brought to the table. So that's how I got the crew together and we started podcasting that we switched to streaming when I realized that, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't sustainable for me to like right. keep editing like on such a consistent basis. Um, so yeah, in terms of the nuts and bolts is how we got started. I love that. I especially love that the casting hall was like, you have to be queer. Everything else, cool, but you have to be queer because yeah. I have never gotten more backlash than when I started finally coming out of pre-production for Eat Crit and I started sending out casting calls and stuff for guests and oh my fucking god was I bombarded (laughs) with white cishet male DMs no where I was like I specifically said you are the only people I will not have on this show because it is also what would you talk about I'm talking to these people specifically because of their backgrounds why would I ask you what was it like to fucking DM as a white 15-year-old in Iowa? Why would I ask you that? 
Dude, well, Brandy, why? don't you want to know about them growing up <laughs> in the Midwest? Oh, God. Well, of course. Of course. <laughs> the fascinating... I mean, I... Ooh, not to get in trouble with an old HR department, but I mean, my goodness, how hard it must be for them with those difficult accents. Not like I have a Midwest <laughs> accent when I speak English or anything. But, um, <laughs> no, it was ridiculous because I specifically say, if you are a cis-hat white man, I will not have you on any of my shows because I'm I'm indigenous, <laughs> I'm brown, I'm chronically ill, I'm a wheelchair user, I'm trans, and I'm like, this is not, like, none of these, every box you could tick, I can tick, why would I give you my platform, like, that I got mm. screaming and kicking to have this, like, fan base and platform to have, why would I just give it to you who could literally totally. just, you could literally just start recording in your notes app and be eligible for, like, the iTunes podcast awards in, like, two years, like, please. <laughs> I mean, if you look, if you just look on like iTunes and stuff where I'm just like, oh, that's a lot of white dudes yelling into mics. That's what that yeah. is. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a lot of poop jokes. Yeah. That's a lot of dick jokes. Mm-hmm. You know, like, scroll, like no okay. shade, no shade at all. No, but, I like, know. Also, like, a little. <laughs> like, yeah. also, like, a little. Yeah, just a little. But it's okay. They can take the shade. They have no yeah. other shade. They are in the sun 24-7. It's okay to throw a little shade their way. But I love that so much because also just like for a personal fulfillment level, the more I get to work with cast members that are also trans or that are also uh, queer in any way, other people of color, the more I feel like my skin clearing and my soul being replenished and like my batteries being recharged because it's just a different type of, I I feel like I'm able to personally deliver better performances if I don't have Mm. to worry about microaggressions coming up from my castmates or stereotypes coming up that they don't see where I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. either I pause the game flow to correct this behavior because it is being streamed and people are going to see it and my fans are going to see it or my fans are going to see me get quieter and more uncomfortable as the stream goes on and then they're going to see a real life shitty dynamic reflected in this fantasy world. In which case, what is the point of creating a fantasy world? If you're gonna have all of these real life power dynamics in it, where it's like, what, what, then might as well just not be playing or streaming. I don't want any of my fans to ever see that and be like, oh, well, I can't even escape this here in this made up fake world. So it's really important to me also to like work with more and more diverse casts because of the, it's just a different level of uh, comfort, I think. 100%. 100%. Mm-hmm. So what is the current, what are the current goals for Transplaner? And also just like, what is, what is the story going on right now? Like, where are we right now in the Transplaner universe? Oh, I love, I love these questions. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to, I want to talk about your second question first, (laughs) uh, before moving into like our vision board for 2025, right? Uh, (laughs) The five-year plan. Yes, exactly. The five, exactly. Uh, So... Basically, we have just wrapped up, as of the recording of this Mm -hmm. episode, we've Mm -hmm. just wrapped up arc three, and we're preparing for our arc three interlude, which will sort of be the transition into arc four. Mm -hmm. And my my vision for this main campaign that we have, which has been Mm -hmm. going on for over a year at this point, uh, is for it to have eight arcs. Um, Mm -hmm. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. For one for each of, one for each of the eight gods of Antake, which is our, which is our homebrew, non-colonial, anti-orientalist world, uh, as we yes. say. Uh, so basically the premise of the entire campaign is this. Mm-hmm. Um, in the pilot episode, in the very first episode, the inciting incident, what occurs is the stars, which are so important to Endake, there's no moon in the sky, it's mm-hmm. just stars at night, and it's just so many stars that, like, nighttime travel is not just safe but advisable, it's like a second day, mm-hmm. right? The stars just inexplicably, with no warning, they poof, they go out. Wow. Uh, and with the stars vanishing, the gods, the eight gods, this pantheon, mm-hmm. also disappears they stop answering prayers holy people can't sense them anymore mm-hmm. and in this new darkness that sort of like spreads across the entire land these strange vicious empty beasts start spawning in the darkness and they just start attacking people and like later on our characters discover they start like eating their souls basically stealing their souls for some nefarious purpose mm-hmm. uh, which is where our pcs come in mm-hmm. because in the pilot episode arc one episode one our four PCs, Manaya Wairua, a half-orc fighter played by Lyra, she, her, uh, she, they, uh, mm-hmm. Oka Hie, a Asimar blood hunter played by C, they, them, Vinok Sherzo, an elf sorcerer played by Erika, she, her, and Dewey Quirk, a Arakokra artificer played by Max, they, them. They converge on this, like, farm in, like, the, the middle of this country, uh, complete strangers right but they're mm-hmm. brought there for the same reason they're all looking for this one npc dalapathy saeed uh, mm-hmm. which they feel like will be the answer to their various problems because the entire premise of transplanar rpg is about these four broken people coming together to save a broken world mm-hmm. and i'm very interested in like playing with my players characters like flaws you know and their deepest fears but also their greatest hopes mm-hmm. right and like the, the the small little intimacies they've like mm-hmm. kept inside their like locked hearts that they're now just starting to let out so transplaner is what i would say is a very gritty grim dark fantasy campaign uh that's sort of about like the, the cutting edge of the blade right but mm-hmm. on the other end of that blade is 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 the shining light of hope so you know we never get so dark that there's no hope and we never get mm-hmm. so like hopeful that there's not a, a, a twinge of darkness that could pull it back. And it's all about that like tug of war of like what's going too far, like what's what's too much despair versus like, oh, like now now we're hopeful. Right. But like mm-hmm. what's couching that hope? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's sort of like the I'm in love. Yeah, the overall themes and the tone of our campaign and, like, the overall, like, like plot trajectory. Mm-hmm. Right now, uh, my PCs are hopping from, like, uh, country to country. There are eight major countries. Each, each of them venerates a different one of the eight gods. Mm-hmm. Uh, country to country, solving the problems, basically trying to restore balance to Andake and, and bring the stars back and bring the gods back, right? That's amazing. Holy shit. I mean, world-building chef's kiss, I love. And then the cast sounds fantastic. I cannot wait to tune into that i am oh my god yes. i mean i'm gonna have to go to the back and catch up but also oh what a oh what a world that is so cool Thank and i you. love the built-in like conflict and momentum through that inherent like tug of war is you don't you don't ever have to worry that something's gonna stagnate because you can just immediately pull back onto that and be like nope this is the momentum where we were too far here we're gonna go further back in the other direction and just I love that. That sounds like an amazing world to play in. Uh, I can't wait to watch that. Every listener, listen and watch that. The Every listener, please 
tune into that as well. So in a few words, what would you say, if you have any specific goals for the show, what would you say are your specific goals for Transplaner? Uh, the most important thing to us is for us to just always be improving the quality, not just of like our production, but also Mm -hmm. of the story we tell. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's really important to me that I invest in my players as actors and as performers. Thankfully, we are all based out of the same city, the Twin Cities. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're all in Minneapolis or in the Minneapolis suburbs, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, so, and we're all vaccinated. Nice. Uh, so we've, we've had the opportunity a few times now to sort of like meet out, outdoors, masked, socially distanced, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but fully vaccinated. And now, like, we're starting to move into, like, a, a direction where I'm excited to be, like, teaching my cast improv games, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, each of my cast members have set up with dramaturgical meetings with each other to talk about, like, here, you know, as a player, this is where I think you could take your character, right? And, mm-hmm. like, oh, talk, you know, skill shares, right? right. And, like, like teach, like, workshops amongst each other, right? That's, nice. that's important. That's number one. That's that's the number one direction I'm excited for us to grow, to continue growing as actors and performers mm-hmm. um, and as people who, who stream on Twitch, right? right. Uh, in terms of a more like develop, developmental or production-based goal, I think in the next year, it would be really cool to continue growing our Patreon and continue mm-hmm. like uploading our backlog of episodes onto podcasts and hopefully getting like a couple of new like mm-hmm. audience listeners, audience members through our mm-hmm. podcast. Um and to just, like, continue growing our Twitter account and our various, like, social media stuff. There are, like, certain metrics we right. want to hit, you know, within, like, certain time frames. And I'm, like, sure, like, all streamers and, and, and of course, of course. creatives and, and whatnot have. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the, the most important thing to us is definitely, like, the quality of our show and the quality of our campaign. I love that. I was also going to ask you about your Patreon because I know that you have a Patreon where you give people GM advice. And I'd be remiss if I did not mention this on the show. Oh heck yeah! So you can you can check out my Patreon at by Connie Chong. I'm basically mm-hmm. by Connie Chong on every social media platform. That's B Y C O N N I E C H A N G. By as in the mm-hmm. authorial sign off, not the sexuality. Mm-hmm. Though I am both, as I like to say. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I do give GM advice through my Patreon. I also mm-hmm. like do like a monthly patron only live stream uh, where mm-hmm. I field like questions from my patrons i upload those live streams uh on transplanter rpgs youtube maybe like a week Mm -hmm. or two after they they air but only patrons get to ask questions live which is which is the enticing bit of it so yeah if you want to support what i do if you're interested in like the gm tips i have Mm -hmm. to share with folks uh check out my patreon tiers Mm -hmm. start as low as three bucks a month toss toss a coin to your connie Yes. I mean, there's that bard coming through again. I mean, everything, everything is screaming bard and it's giving me all of the life. Also, I 100% would be a bard. Yes, I love that. I would 100% be a rogue. And that is only partially due to the fact that I legitimately pickpocket my friends and partners (laughs) because I can. I give it back. I've never stolen anything in my life. But I will wait to see how long it takes them to notice that their keys are missing or that their wallet or their phone's not in their pocket. Just to Mm. be like, you need to be more aware of your surroundings if I could pick that off of you. I mean, I'm good at it, but also not that good. You should, you should be better. (laughs) Be more aware. Um, So that's, I think that's, that's me as a rogue. But yeah, I love that very much. Um, And I would absolutely love to have you on again because I also really really want to talk about the god killer rpg that you've designed but we have to wrap this episode up but if you could do another one at any time i am so down 
Everybody should be following you on all social media. I'm going to have all of Connie's things plugged underneath in the description. You guys can check out everything in case there's anything new by the time this airs that we didn't know about yet. Um, it'll also be in the description, so make sure you guys click on the show notes and you read them. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, thank you very, very much for talking to me. Um, is there any closing words you would like to give the audience before we leave? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for having me on, Brandy. This was such a great experience. And I'd love to come on again, yes. talk about God Killer or anything else that mm -hmm. your heart might desire. Um, Magic yeah, closing, words. closing, yeah. <laughs> closing remarks, closing ideas. When it comes to a tabletop roleplay game, there is no wrong way to play. Um, mm -hmm. The only wrong way to play, I think, is to deny, deny yourself the pleasures you seek. So if your table isn't cutting it for you, like if you're like, I'm not really, just, just, just leave. Mm -hmm. oh, like that's, that's my closing. Just leave. Just leave. What are you losing? Just Nothing leave. but your chains, right? Just, just leave. Especially if you try to talk to the, those people before, like just peace out of there. I promise you, mm -hmm. especially for the marginalized folks listening out there. If you're, mm. you know, if you're a person of color, if you're indigenous, if you're you know disabled, if you're queer, like whatever it is, there are other people like you, like us, that are mm -hmm. out there who are doing cool shit in tabletop RPGs. Hit me up. My DMs are always open to other marginalized creators looking for ways to break into the industry or mm -hmm. like like play on actual play games or just like meet some cool folks who share mm -hmm. the same values as you because we're out there. I know there's like so much white bullshit, right? Yeah. But there's also a lot of dope people of color, queer people, trans people doing dope shit in this in this in this industry, in this hobby. Yeah. So just you, all you have to do is follow and DM. That's all you got to do is light about it. I right? mean, that's you guys, seriously, that's exactly what it is with, with DM coming. That was just like, I, hello, follow. It's like, excuse me, will you please be on my show? Please, thank you very much. And here we are. Just here we are. A short few days later. So it really it works, you guys. Seriously. I mean, I always tell everybody my DMs are open. Um, you guys can always contact me on Twitter at the Brandy Rose or on the podcast Twitter, which is at podcast underscore cringe. So thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you guys thank you for, for listening me. to Eat Crit. Thank you. Um, if you've got a question, a comment, or a suggestion, you can please hit us up on the socials I just mentioned. If you want to support us for Pay What You Can, the cash app is dollar sign T-I-P-B-R-A-N-D-Y. That's tip brandy. Tip me. That's me. So be safe. Have fun, you guys. Be kind. Please listen to Connie's advice to leave tables that do not serve you and are not working for you because we are out there and we want to play with you and we absolutely want you to feel safe in the spaces that you're playing in. Thank you for listening to Eat Crit. If you've got a question, comment, or suggestion, hit us up on Twitter at podcast underscore cringe or my personal Twitter at the Brandy Rose. If you'd like to help support for Pay What You Can, the cash app is tip Brandy Rose. That's dollar sign T-I-P-B-R-A-N-D-Y. Be safe, have fun, and try not to eat crit. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.